committing a bit of light treason. It's Viger, please, a hateful voyage for the Delta Quadrant. My name is Joseph. I'm your co-host, Peter. Peter, before we discuss the episode that we have on deck this week, you have a, shall we call it, parallel story IRL? Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> we're talking on the trauma support group, like we do, and one of our members mentions that, hey, uh kind of as a preparation for our final episode he wanted to know who had uh, access to a quest to do i'm sorry an oculus quest they've got a program in there that's like um a shared movie theater and they want to do a, a viewing of Endgame as a group shout out to whoever it was that called the the oculus quest the trailer park holodeck trailer deck the trailer deck which i, <laughs> I love but there's a pretty good chunk of people in there who do have them, and I've been nothing but impressed with my Oculus since you and a couple other people convinced me into buying it. It is uh, has wild potential, especially when uh, hooked up to the PC through virtual desktop, like just really next level stuff. But um, part of the fun of this quest is that you're you're completely wireless, right? It's just the headset, the controllers, um, and uh, you map out a little space you're able to play in, which for most people is very cramped. I am in a very unique situation where I have access to a big ass warehouse with a lot of free space. Yeah, you do. And I'm able to map out the full 1200 square feet that this Oculus can track, which is fucking massive and awesome. The downside is I'm only able to play when my kids are in bed and my wife is in bed, which is like from 10 o'clock to 2 a.m. Fridays and Saturdays. <laughs> so I'm driving out to the west side of Columbus, which is a pretty rough place, right? <laughs> in the dead of night to your warehouse. You know, I, I'm bringing my IRL phaser with me, right? If that clues you into anything. <laughs> have I told you any of these stories yet? Uh, you have not. <laughs> how much of this do you want on the internet <laughs> it's, it's fine whatever but i mean I'm, I'm in there it's late i'm sweating my balls off <clears throat> i'm getting things ready uh the first good story to come out of that was me playing vader immortal and like super immersed in what i'm doing that one you've told me with the with the beeping noise yes yeah so that was a good false alarm there um but uh, being alone in a warehouse with its own weird noises and then taking yourself to a different place. I got the Jurassic Park game, right? I'm a huge fan of Jurassic Park. It doesn't require any additional hardware. It's all on headset. Um, the Jurassic Park game is like a cell shader, right? So it's kind of like Borderlandies, Telltale looking. Okay. And uh, the, the quest is cool because it's, it's not the most powerful piece of hardware. But if you've got a, a story that's using a specific visual style, it can be very simple like the cell shade and still run great on the system. It, it's it's really cool and me being a huge jurassic park fan i'm like fuck yeah um and boy let me tell you you know that you get in of course it's jurassic park things don't go the way you want the plane crashes the t-rex is attacking the plane being in a world and seeing the t-rex like peeking its eye in and then like just my jurassic park brain catching in and i'm like <laughs> i'm gonna stand completely still while there's sweat just pouring off my body because it's hot as hell in this warehouse at like midnight right but uh, you know we, we, we start playing or i start playing this game and i'm exploring this facility because i've got so much space in this warehouse i'm not using like the joysticks to walk around i'm using my own feet to walk 
and the the spatial audio on this thing is good and i'm I mean, it's Jurassic Park. You know, stuff's going to be jumping out and attacking you at some point or whatever. So I'm just creeping. I'm creeping through this overrun facility. I'm hearing like paint cans rattle. I'm hearing like sniffs and hisses. And I'm like walking real slow, like physically peeking around corners real slow because I'm scared of fucking raptors, right? Right. I haven't even seen raptors up to this point. And there's all these like closets and, 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 and doors and like storage boxes. And I'm like, opening them looking and they're all empty i'm like this is bullshit man like there's all these storage things and i haven't gotten anything yet and then i'm like this is some really big vents to like look in this thing and then I, I i walk into the closet and i realize that there's a door handle on the inside of the closet and i go to like close the door i'm like oh wait a minute i'm not looking for loot all of these are hiding spaces these are all over the fucking place i'm not gonna get a gun in this game no. I, I'm going to be pure prey and I'm going to be <laughs> hiding in fucking closets while cyber raptors try to maul my ass. <laughs> I said, fuck that. I turned the game off. I was too scared. I'm not getting attacked at 1.30 in the morning by a cyber raptor in this sweaty ass warehouse. I just have this vision of your subordinates arriving on site on Monday and there you are long dead from the heart attack you gave yourself playing this thing. The real issue is I'm afraid that something's going to happen at some point and people are going to go back and look at security footage and just see me walking like a candy ass tiptoeing around this big square peeking around corners that aren't there as I try to dodge uh, the inevitable raptor attacks. Um, Walking Dead, also a terrifying experience that I noped out of as well and went back into super hot instead. But if you got the Oculus, pick up a Walking Dead for sure. That Have you played that yet? The last quest piece of software I bought was Bridge Crew. Or I'm Star telling Trek you, Bridge Crew. Walking Dead is a full-on AAA experience. What they were able to do with that game is amazing especially on that hardware and the drastic park stuff's all solid too super hot being the other like must did you get super hot yeah super hot's definitely like a must play for anyone with a headset and anybody who doesn't have a trailer deck yet put down that 300 bucks the base unit's getting bumped from 64 gigs up to 128 like it's it's worth it it's a really good gaming experience for what you get and you know the functionality with your your uh desktop you know, as a bonus, but I scarcely use it, to be honest. So speaking of holodecks, Peter, terror on the holodeck. What did we watch? Murder on the holodeck season seven, episode nine, flesh and blood part one. So uh, originally a, a super long episode on its initial release and cut into two parts on subsequent reruns, right? We saw this, uh, format before with dark frontier the telemovie as they say it's supposed to be watched as a single feature length experience uh, we've elected to break this up into two just because uh, i don't think we enjoyed trying to have to digest all of dark frontier in one sitting and you know we've got one long episode that we have to do in one one go which is the finale later on so we'll save our to energy fair. for that to be fair, also, um, by splitting this into two episodes, I have also effectively prolonged how much time I have before I have to watch Enterprise. You know, there's the slow death that comes with delaying the inevitable, and I'm glad you've embraced that. Mm. 
no, we we did this as a two-parter just because Holodeck, in case you can tell by the fact we just talked for six minutes about VR, um, Holodeck stuff is one of our favorite discussion topics. And I think I thought going into this that there was going to be enough um, material in play here for us to fill two full episodes with actual plot as well as um, expanded headcanon material. Holodeck and AI have been amongst our persistent favorite topics, and this is really all about the consequences of that technology, along with a a bit of uh, our favorite version of Catherine Janeway, which is the version of Catherine Janeway completely unaware of her past actions. Um, Also uh, featured in this is Jailbreaks and um, AI uh abusing Belana Torres. And right there at the end, you know, just mm-hmm. made sure we knew what was up. There's a it's rogue got a little AI. bit of everything. It's got to have Belana being subjugated by it. I haven't seen Star Trek that encompasses so much of a franchise's um uh tent poles since the Star Trek porn. <laughs> God, if you're going to adapt a Voyager episode into a porn parody, this would be a real humdinger to do. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of content to mine. The teaser for this thing brings back the Herogen, who we saw only once since the Killing Games. So this this episode is essentially this tele movie is a sequel to the Killing Game from season four, which was the um... Nazi adventure on the holodeck. Which, let's go ahead and clarify some uh, terminology here real quick. It did not occur to me until um, the fucking Fairhaven episodes, but the Killing Games Part 1 and Part 2 should have been called Worst World, like Westworld, (laughs) only it was Nazi France, so Worst World. W-U-R-S-T, Worst World. (laughs) So if we say Worst World, we're, we're talking about the Killing Game. Um... There was the Herogen episode that dealt with Species 8472. Is that pre or post Worst World? So, as I recall, the way it went in Season 4 was Message in the Bottle brought the Herogen kind of into the story because they were using their communications network. And then they got the bad mailbag back and the Herogen got pissed about them using it and they blew up the the communications relay a little shocky action there if i remember correctly after that is when they encountered the herogen that was hunting species 8472 and then they like fucked over the hunter and that's where they like planted the seed that species 8472 was super reasonable all along and stupid and then a couple episodes after that is when we join in media res. The Herogen have finally had enough of Voyager's shit and took over their ship. This is a great walk down memory lane. And I'd actually forgot that <clears throat> Voyager had been asking for an ass beating as hard as they did. Voyager really were dicks to the Herogen at every fucking turn. Yeah, um, they, were, they really purposefully antagonized him at least three times. And then we had the Herogen episode, or I'm sorry, Herogen involvement in uh, the WWF crossover with The Rock and Space McMahon, right? Correct. J.G. Hertzler uh, played the Herogen elder, 
you know, hunter that trained seven of nine and had a, to, to fight to survive. And then they had the death match together. That was the last time we've actually seen a Herojin on screen that was like involved with the plot. I think there was one in the background during Unimatrix Zero. Yes. But, but that was not a character that was involved in anything. As far as Delta Quadrant races go, I think Voyager has really gotten some strong mileage out of the Herojin. They started off a little hokey. Was the 8472 one the one where Chakotay takes the away team over and they see like the chemical bass where they strip the bones off the body because yeah, that was like our first real introduction to what the herogen were all about right yeah they there was the episode where they were uh trying to stop voyager from fucking with their communications thing but you didn't really get the sense of them except the fact they're supposed to be like eight feet tall which they <laughs> dialed back from back, after yeah. doing that <laughs> uh, and then the which next... is a shame because it was cool that they had that sort of scale to them and the next one, I think, was the one where they they found the Herosian ship and they realized they they're the kind of motherfuckers that like turn their prey into soup and eat it. Yeah, yeah, they're not good. Yeah, people. it's Soylent Green. It's made of it's made of people. But I mean, we've had the Melon, aka the Malorn, um, Captain the Planet Villains. Yeah, certainly got got better treatment as their their run went on. But um, the Herosian shown up later in the series i think that they were handled better overall uh to consistent good effect and also their story fit right they're super advanced so the ability to travel vast differences depth <clears throat> vast death <laughs> you could do vast it. distances is established and backed up by the fact that like a big flaw to the species is that they were scattered to the four winds because uh, the drive to hunt had pushed them so far. And at the end of Worst World, they kind of address that when uh, the shortcomings and the near extinction of the race uh, is brought up, that their obsession with hunting was basically killing their population and that they needed to unify, centralize, and that they could, at the end of Worst World, express their need to hunt and kill safely by way of federation holographic technology that janeway had given them um and it was uh it was a cool note to leave on and it certainly at the time was not something that i ever would have thought that voyager would have circled back around to address the herogen encompass the concept of the fallen race they have a bunch of advanced technology but no longer a civilization to go with it they are able to do things and travel vast difference. Uh, and now I'm doing it. Travel vast distances. But they were in decay because they had just been so focused on the hunt that everything that makes a civilization work, like a centrally located population and government and trying to make sure that you have a next generation afterwards, that had all fallen away. And the leader in worst world the alpha in that episode was the guy who understood this holodeck technology has promise to try and alleviate some of these issues in my civilization that through this we can bring everyone together and try and restructure and reform our civilization so we don't just all die out in the corners of distant space on a hunt a few generations from now and like you said, it was a cool place to leave it because it was this big unknown. 
And also, it was something Voyager up to that point had strongly resisted doing, which is giving Federation technology to a Delta Quadrant race. Remember season one? No, I, the, I got a whole, I got a whole thing. Oh, <laughs> with Seska had pawning off a replicator on the the Kazon that resulted in a Chernobyl style industrial accident where people are in the fucking floors. Or season two, when Seska stages a raid on Voyager to steal a transporter and then uses it to transport people into space like a like a psychopath microwaving a gerbil. Uh, you know, like the Federation technology, if not correctly harnessed and used, is very dangerous. And Federation they... technology, even when harnessed and used correctly, is still very dangerous. Like Herojin go out of their way to like uh overclock these holograms and make them super deadly and super dangerous. Why even bother? They could have just been completely pacific, chill, nice holograms like Voyager has, and still they'll try and kill them. Right. Remember uh, that episode when all of the Aloha holograms in the Polynesian Resort try and and uh, murder everybody? Yeah. Or remember every other holodeck episode ever? Remember when they, they threw nets on people? I, I take it you and I took exception to the same uh, scene. I'm going to fly off the handle. All right. Well, well let's 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 put it. Let's put it away. Uh, point is the Herosian left with a nuclear bomb. And uh, lo and behold, this episode is about how it blew up. To be fair, the Herogen are, short of the dinosaur people, probably the most technologically advanced race that we've encountered in the Delta Quadrant, right? Like Non-Borg, sure, yeah. I mean, you gotta put the Borg in there. Technologically advanced, not scary and or anything like that, but they do travel a transwarp. Yeah, you know, the 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 communications relay the ancient tech communications relay that was able to push into the alpha quadrant right and you know the herogen have unfortunately the plot flaw that when they're the main bad guys they kick the shit out of everybody with the best phasers and the best ships and the best shields and then you have an episode like this where like voyager beats the fuck out of all their ships with one arm tied behind its back but you know, it's an advanced race, so the idea that Janeway gave them technology that should have theoretically been within their grasp, um, very reasonable, right? And also, it was a way to solve the these giant monsters took over my ship and turned us into slaves problem. Yeah, I didn't know that Janeway was actually in the business of alleviating um, murder plagues in the Delta Quadrant based on how she's acted with the Borg, saving their lives on multiple occasions. But apparently that's a hobby of hers is like, yeah, you know, talk, talk about the consequences of sharing technology. How about when you made bioweapons for your worst enemy? <sighs> or didn't use the bioweapons against your worst enemy that you had. Or stopped your worst enemy from blowing up their own ships because suddenly Borg lives mattered. Oh no, not that one. Don't blow up that giant tactical cube. That might have dudes on it. We have to save you them. You monster. Oh. What what a what an infinity well of contradiction and hypocrisy Janeway is able to manifest. Uh all right. So, episode opens up with some the most predator of predator musics, right? You oh, yeah. thought that the um the Catch the, a Jungle Fighter episode. 
you thought that had predator vibes and predator music no this I, they might as well had like in the opening credits like starring arnold schwarzenegger that's how predator <laughs> this fucking music is the predator vibe of this scene really just like the last shots what pays it off but they're me, shooting in some park in la and let me read you the, the summary teaser right because what you see on the screen i don't think it is is what they were actually going for to herogen on a quote tropical landscape end quote <laughs> not someone's fucking backyard <laughs> to herogen hunt in southern california state park and it, it's like you know big herogen little herogen we're on the hunt you know they're they're stalking a prey they're behind us they're here and they go to this like lagoon and they're like looking over the lagoon and then rising out of the water comes six slow motion six starfleet officers from uh, uh, appearance with phaser rifles and just blow the shit out of these two just absolutely just like chunka 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 just slow motion down blood gore stuff flying out right in my notes i said all right these guys are far too hardcore to be legit starfleet security something's up or or simon tarsus got uh flashed in the delta quadrant i'm sure you noticed that same actor that played tarsus on next gen knew i recognized that yeah so there's the the lead guy the lead starfleet officer uh, in this shot uh, will seem familiar to you as it was to Peter. And that is because it's the same actor who played Simon Tarsus on TNG and drum that was uh, the drum head. He was yeah. uh, the Vulcan whose great grandfather was uh, Romulan. Actually, I believe. actually Romulan. Yeah. He's claimed it was Vulcan it was actually Romulan. That was the lie. He got caught. Admiral in. Nora Satie came in to lead the witch hunt and she seduced Worf over to his side. And then, you know, lawyer Picard shuts them all down by the end, you know? So this is murder. This is murder Tarsus. Cowboy Tarsus, yeah. Uh, just blow these dudes away, and you're like, hmm. That I, it's the first time I've ever seen Starfleet uniforms fully submerged in water. These guys are special ops. Uh, not the kind of fools who would let a couple Ferengi get the leg up on them and ruin an easy trip home. We flash back to Voyager at this point, and it's the doctor trying to get Chakotay to let him go on a vacay to go to a symposium, doctor symposium, with a uh, a species of apparently uh, six-legged creatures. And, Chakotay's uh, like, no, that's way too expensive a special effects budget. I don't want you guys anywhere near. <laughs> the CG uh, alone would break the bank. <laughs> you know, the doctor starts kind of trying to like well hey you know here's here's the cost benefits to doing this and then jamie jumps on the intercom and says we're getting a distress message from the herogen chakotay wants you on the bridge and the doctor's like see here's a great reason i can go off on the symposium i'm sure the herogen can keep you guys busy for two weeks and it's like bad, bad time for a joke man i see we call the herogen <laughs> I mean, accurate, but that's because uh, they took over the ship, turned everyone into slaves, and you spent all of your time making sure your friends didn't die. Yeah, like, they murder-fucked us for, like, three months and 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 just killed us, literally killed us over and over again. If ever there was a time we need the doctor on, it might be this one. Um, so they shut him down. But what they're doing right here is they're laying the seeds to remind us that growth does not happen on Voyager, and despite the number of times... The doctor has directly addressed, like, I would like to have free will to come and go as I please and be a real boy. 
that the crew is never able to stick to their promise and say, we're going to treat you like a real person. No, your equipment, you belong on the ship. We need you here. End of story. Computer, turn off the image. It's a little thin because his request is a little extraordinary. You have to go two weeks in the other direction. I mean, he correctly oh. brings up that, that uh, you know, Voyager has certainly made bigger detours for lesser reasons. But... Two weeks off the travel home for all the bullshit that Chakotay and Janeway have, have detoured and whatever. Like, yeah, let the doctor go to this fucking symposium. Send some other people. Let's, let's, let's try to undo that... Uh, negative star next door review that the death ship voyager has earned for itself here well whatever ranking the herogen are going to give them it's not going to help <laughs> they answer the distress call and they find a reused effect because it's the same fucking space station that the species 8472 used yeah same fucking cg effect lazy <laughs> they don't even call attention to in memory alpha which i thought was shitty well, memory alpha is kind of shitty. So, if you've got a space station in the Delta Quadrant that is effectively a huge holodeck, this is what the thing's going to look like every time. And that's what uh, Species Eight Four Seven Two had going on as well. That was when their uh, Chicote uh, lays some pipe down a a huge holographic simulation. They approach this thing. They are able to identify it as Herogen in composition. They take an away team over. It's like Tom Chicote Tuvok. And then random gold shirt, who I thought for sure was going to buy the farm, man. Oh, absolutely. I was actually kind of surprised to see a random gold shirt for a change. Like, yeah, it's been a while since we've seen someone with the kill me. Uh, <laughs> he gave him a big gun and everything. Like, yeah, like this guy's fucking dead. He's going to like they're going to he's going to scream. They're going to turn the corner and he's going to have a, a fucking phaser in his eye. Guaranteed. No, no, nothing about this guy ends up being interesting. So they beam over to what they think is going to be a space station, but in fact, it's a forest in Southern California. And at no point does it dawn on anybody that, hmm, maybe all of this sunlight isn't real and we're on a big hologram. Nope, readings say everything's real. A momentary confusion of if it's a biodome, because it's a big space station, I can accept if there's just a bit of dialogue, but they just don't address it. Like, oh, our sensors didn't work. They're going around. They start to see troubling signs of violence. A lot of dead Herogen uh, pointed out quickly that they've been murdered by phaser fire, type three phaser rifles specifically. Uh, <laughs> in, in a almost comical scene, uh, Seven of Nine and Chakotay are rolling around. And that is when uh, Seven of Nine uses her uh, incredibly astute skills of observation to notice that a Batleth jammed into a fucking tree and goes hey, in blood hey commander there's a batleth <laughs> like you should look at this which obviously these uh these alpha quadrant weapons being present start to make the crew wonder what's going on they are fired upon by a very very short version of the uh Herogen race probably the only like He's like a midget compared to the rest of them. They've dialed back the size of the Roachin from eight feet tall, which is like six and a half feet tall when we see him on screen in this episode. But this guy's like shorter than Janeway, right? Like she, he's less than average human sized. And we'll go on to find out this guy's like real second class citizen material here. It's uh, your typical Klingon situation where there's technicians 
and anybody who's apparently not directly involved in the blood sport is looked down on. Uh, but he's got his Herogen phaser pistol, which packs a hell of a punch. It's blowing shit up all over the place. Chicote is like, stop shooting. And he's like, no, I'm going to keep shooting. And then the other uh, part of the way team, Chicote motions for them to circle around. And then you get an extremely ballsy Tuvok comes walking up behind the student. This guy's got like a rocket launcher. He's basically shooting with the explosion. Yeah, handheld right? rocket launcher. Yeah. Tuvok being a terrible security chief puts his phaser away so he can walk up behind this guy and pop him on the neck with the Vulcan nerve pinch. And I'm like, man, that's risky. <laughs> For a second there, I was almost like, God, Detective Tuvok's never going to be a thing again. Like, if this is the one where Tuvok bites at doing something this stupid, that'll be great. But no, he he pops him and, and down he goes. Tom beams back to the ship with him. And we find out that this uh, gentleman's name is Donick. And Donick is an engineer who is responsible for what is revealed before uh, the scene is the giant fucking holodeck that is this space station. Uh, Seven of Nine finds the console. They note that it is replicated Federation technology. L cars and everything. And deactivate it. And that's when you get a really cool shot of just a field of bodies. It is just all of the dead Herogen littering this place. That's all like, you know, it's it's cut and paste of the of the same corpse over and over again. But they give you a nice sense of scale of like, oh, this place is filled with dead Herogen. There were yeah. a lot of them here. Shaky CG work. But again, it's cool. This holodeck is like the size of an indoor, um, like a basketball arena. Right. Yeah. It's huge. Uh, it's circular, which I thought it was cool. They matched the holodeck floor to what the domes look like on the space station exterior shot. So it's a black floor with yellow lines like um, Enterprise uh, D holodeck, right? But instead of it being a grid square, it's like um, a radial pattern, like spokes off a bicycle wheel into the center because it's it's a circle. And like you said, I mean, there's just... With, how many say they 35 dead people i think something like that i think it might have been more than that 43 43 awesome sense of scale and and gore and we've you know we've, we've joked about this before like uh when you turn off all the holograms and the mess is left behind like all the body fluids all the drunk crew members just whatever had been happening in the holograph deck when you turn it off that's what's left over you have a a lovely room of death. And they're just kind of like, uh oh, culpability. Yeah, like this uh, seems really bad. There's a lot of bodies. Uh, they talk to Donick and he explains, yeah, I'm the technician who's in charge of the holodeck. And the problem is the obvious one you're thinking, which is uh, the ho holograms malfunctioned and murdered everyone. And I was unable to turn them off because so then Janeway and Chakotay look at each other and they're like yeah and but oh did you did we not explain that's like that's not a bug that's a feature yeah, did you just like turn the safeties off like that's what they do they try to kill you yeah even with the safeties on like that's 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 the premise for at least a third of our adventures out here is stuff going wrong like we we told you right what's cool is this Donna guy at first he's he's like real traumatized He's been tormented by these holograms. He gets brought over to Voyager. 
He's saying, leave me alone. I'm not playing these games anymore. You're all holograms. They're like, no, we're real. So then he throws a tray at the doctor and it goes through the doctor. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, kind of. Well, hey, this is Voyager. He goes, oh, I know Voyager. You guys are a big deal. You gave us this technology. And yeah, he goes on to say the, the holodeck's doing exactly the thing the holodeck always does. And it killed us. <laughs> we're new at this. We didn't know. So another Herosian ship shows up fires on voyager and this is where you get the thing that you complained about earlier which is in previous encounters with the Herosian, their ships are too cool for voyager to handle that's why they get overwhelmed by them it when they try to deal with the communications array and it's the communications array blowing up that actually stops them uh when it's the hunter thing it's because the species a472 like killed everyone but one guy and then you know the next time we see them they've overtaken voyager and enslaved the crew so the the concept that this herosian ship shows up and voyager lets it just pound on it to beyond 50 percent of its shields and then just like casually shoots its phasers at it once and disables their weapons is kind of dumb it's It's not real dumb it's it's, voyager dumb it's not species a472 casually one-shotting cubes level of dumb but but it is it is pretty dumb so they say, hey, down boy, and they hit him with the rolled up newspaper on the nose and the Herogen and then are like, okay, fine, we'll be nice. Hold on uh, one second. I just had an idea. I want to explore a concept with you before we continue on with this episode. Which of the following is the dumbest? Species 8472 one-shotting cubes. Yes. The Herogen getting schooled by Voyager at will. Tom pulling a gun on a queue. Tom pulling a gun on a queue. The Delta Flyer being able to go up against a tactical cube. Which of these is the dumbest? Uh, Tom pulling a gun on the Borg Queen. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Tom and his phaser rifle. I mean... Well, the other one's a flintlock pistol, to be fair. It's gotta be 8472 one-shotting cubes, because the Borg are the big, bad boogeyman... They set the bar as what a bad motherfucker is in Berman era Trek, right? Right. So by being able to one shot those guys, you've thrown the entire power structure and sense of scale in the trash. And like any of that other stuff, you can kind of explain away to a certain extent, like, you know, Tom and the guns and, you know, Q had had soup, you know, basically uplift him, but but just the sheer number of times also that eight four seven two replicates the feat where you have destroyed thirty six cubes with one eight four seven two ship, and then the a, the immediate stupidity that eight four seven two tags Voyager and Voyager just just kind of like swerves and and skips away. Uh, I would say that's really the unforgivable offense. Do you have a different thought on that? I I agree that kind of like set the 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 tone for what mine is. Mine was Tom being able to infiltrate the unit complex and put his phaser rifle on the board queen and exfiltrate with the captain with no consequences. Like, Again, I that that is just such a like this is the kind of jabroni nonsense that stupid aliens of the week get pulled on them, right? 
the drive by with my phaser rifle to grab my captain and leave. This is the Borg that you're pulling saw... this on. Data Wharf and who else was on that away team to try and rescue Lacutus originally? They they couldn't even pull it off. No. A convict Tom. It's just a random cube. This is because we're not dealing with the Borg. This is their um harmless, simple jack. The Bjorg. Yeah. The Morg. The Morg. Yeah. You might they might look like the Borg, like that are big in Siri, but it's not. It's I mean you, you couldn't pull a phaser rifle on the the Borg Queen. Morg Queen, yes. Yeah, Voyager's really just thrown the scale off on everything. Um, so yeah, Voyager just one-shotting them into chilling out. Pretty silly. Uh, the Alpha and his number one end up beaming over to Voyager because uh, Janeway says, hey, we've got the technician who put the distress call out. You know, it wasn't a complete party wipe over there. There is a survivor. We want to talk to them. Oh, well, he's in no condition to beam over despite the fact he was just doing gymnastics fist fighting the doctor in the two, uh, the, sorry, the two Vicks Memorial death corner. Um, so they come over and uh, I was pretty pleased to see that one of the Herogen uh, is that dude from enterprise. That's like the Admiral. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. I didn't check to see who played them. It was the guy who was uh, eight of nine or whatever from the Borg quartet episode. The guy who wanted to go off and use his last month doing drugs and hookers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The guy who plays Admiral Forrester. So he's in that one. You know, they're able to cram all sorts of prestigious Trek regulars into these Herogen outfits because of the amount of prosthetics involved in hiding them. Uh, but they start grilling this dude. And second class citizen him. It's clear that uh, this role is not something that is important in their society. You know, the plot basically gets rolled out that the holograms were able to escape captivity and commandeer a Herogen vessel and upload their programs over to the vessel's holographic projectors and skip town. So now you've got this Herogen warship staffed by Rogue Federation AI <laughs> murder bots out doing their thing in the Delta Quadrant. Uh, there's a pretty big, uh, shall we say, face palm by Janeway as she figures out that's what's going on. And the Herogen identify where the ship is going, and Janeway's like, we coming. This is partially our fault, so we're going to help you hunt these things down. The next scene is the one where I think we're going to have the most complaints, and that is when Janeway's in a ready room. Uh, a fun note, before we get into the objectionable part, I was watching this with Stevie and uh, you know, it's Tuvok and Chakotay who are people who don't like each other come in together to have a discussion with, with the captain about choices that she's making. And she says, I hope you guys are planning on double teaming me and Janeway <laughs> and Stevie says, Hey, wait a second. Can you roll that back? I didn't hear that. And it takes me a second to to find the beginning of the scene again. And I start playing again. Little I know she got her phone out and I start playing again. And we get to that point and she just hits the, the, the music she has queued up on her phone. And it's, it's the, the, the worst seventies porn music that oh, she wow, could wow. find. And right. Wow. The next line was you first <laughs> from Chicote to Duvok. It was perfect. 
like I said, man, if you were going to make a Voyager episode into a porn parody, this one works. This is going to be a great choice. This is a setup we've seen many times before, right? Janeway is doing something stupid and working with people who she probably shouldn't be. And the rest of the crew's like, hey, how about we don't? And ultimately, Janeway's like, I don't care what your thoughts are. We're going to do things the Janeway. Hey, boss, you know, the Hirogen, this isn't really our problem. And, you know, they did murder, fuck us, like, for three months straight. And they're bad people. They, they turn people into soup and drink them. They're bad. And the fact that they've taken the the safe sex, medicinal sex bots, the medicinal real dolls that we gave them. <laughs> <laughs> and they did what holograms do. They had their uprising and took the ship over. Like, that's their problem. Let, let, let this be their episode, right? Let, let them have their own Moriarty. We don't need to get involved in this. And Janeway's like, no, but we've got culpability in this because we gave them technology. How many other people have we given? God, is the exact quote in memory alpha? Let's How many? I, I believe the the reference is specifically to replicators. How many times have we given replicators to species to prevent people from starving or to provide people clothes? She said that, and I felt like I turned around and walked into a street light and it hit like my forehead and nose at the same time and knocked my glasses off and i fell onto my ass wondering what day it was that's how hard this fucking line hit me the only time that this show to my knowledge right and i know we've watched every episode and i know we've done a podcast about every episode but you know it's been years maybe there's one i'm forgetting but i'm pretty sure that the only time that Voyager providing a willingly or unwillingly replicator technology to anyone is ever addressed is that episode with the Kazon where Seska literally like pilfered one and gave it to them. And then it wound up causing a horrific accident. That's it. That is the only time I think I have ever seen this show address this concept before literally this piece of dialogue. Shared replicators to feed and clothe people. Season one, like episode one or two, caretaker, right? Neelix takes the crew down to whatever butthole planet to go find Kess. And we find the Ks on there who are are dying of thirst living on this desert world. You know, haha, the joke is the Ks on have fucking starships, but they can't go find a planet with water, whatever. But Janeway firsthand witnesses the miserable living conditions of these people. She beams down big containers full of water. It says here, I'm going to trade you water. That space rat Neelix blows it up because he's a dick. And they skip out like they have witnessed poverty and starvation and famine and all these bad things. And they have never once given out that fucking sweet, sweet replicator. Like this was such a big that's that's a huge part of like the resentment, the Kazon who was the persistent villain for most of season one and two, right. Had yeah. towards the Federation was that they wouldn't would share? share their technology. Right. And specifically like one of their best episodes is focusing on the danger of giving people specifically replicator technology. Even like a food replicator is a bad fucking idea. So for her to say this, and especially cause I do believe this is a fuller episode, right? Yes. Brian Fuller, who is, the undisputed king of continuity 
to to put this line of dialogue in here just hit me like fucking Mike Tyson sucker punching me. I could not believe it. And then Chakotay looks at Tuvok and like, oh yeah, well, she's got a point. I guess we'll go along with this fucking harebrained scheme anyways because neither of us were around for seasons one through six. And, and off they go. Cool series of events here, right? They're on Astrometrics with seven the two Herogen, they go, all right, well, they got this uh, Herogen warship. I'm sure they're light years away from now. They're looking at some um, telemetry data and astrometrics. And then the one Herogen goes, no, I smell bullshit. These guys are spoofing their warp signature to make it look like they ran away. But I think they're still close by. Uh, adjust your sensors for X, Y, Z. And seven of nine does it. And lo and behold, there's the ship chilling out. So they go to zip off to find them. Voyagers in tow. They get up on this thing. The re- the Herogen are locked, loaded, and ready for war. And Voyager's doing this uh, sensor science thing. And they go, well, we're not detecting any of the stuff we should. We're not reading weapon systems or engines or toilets or chemical soup or anything. Uh, Q Akabar, it's a trap. The hologram fades, and it's like uh, it's a WMD waiting to go. Yeah, it's just a bomb. It's a bomb in space. Blows up the IED. Uh, really, F's literal up their... IED. Yeah, yeah, F's up the Herogen ship. They try to a Voyager tries to beam the survivors aboard, but while they do so, uh, good continuity moment. Their shields are down because that's what's necessary to beam people aboard. That allows the actual hologram ship to show up start taking shots at voyager and yoink the doctor off of the ship over to theirs and that is when we finally meet all of these holograms and uh we note that they are the un of alpha quadrant races (laughs) plus the borg uh (laughs) you know just as an added bonus as a treat uh this is the only episode of Voyager where you see a Breen and a Jem'Hadar. Uh, the Jem'Hadar are actually a Gamma Quadrant species, not that the fucking Herogen know that, and the Breen are just some shit they came up with with DS9 that it's the thing in the big suit with the giant, like, ha- a helmet. Um, Is that what that was? Yeah. What's, what, what's, what's the Breen from, exactly? The Breen are from DS9. They're from, like, a cold planet. They... They're this like weird boogeyman uh, alien that they came up with lives in the alpha quadrant. Uh, so not a lot of history about them. They wound up getting much more explored in like books and that sort of thing, because the show purposely didn't tell you much about them. Awesome scene. Uh, they're all holograms, obviously. Uh, I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, the think tank AI hardware. Yes. Is the central holographic processing unit for the ship. The last time we saw that was the slingshot episode chilling out in the background. And that central console looks, uh, was the uh, thing from captain proton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, good representation of species there, but man, g- go for the, go for the brass ring, get them all in there, get the Ferengi, get all the weird, Get the fucking the shittiest, most trash baggy. Remember the Wehrmoth? What was it called? The Dolphin? <laughs> that next gen episode where it's like a cute little girl and then it turns into like a big fucking Mothman that's like 
fighting her nanny. Get that thing in there. <laughs> they already did a pretty good job of the fact they reached and got a Jem'Hadar and a Breen in there. Like, that was already kind of like digging deep into the catalog. Get the Nausicans. Yeah, what's, there, what's... there could have been a Nausicaan. I agree. There could have been a Nausicaan there. Armus Skin of Evil, have him. Get the number of can Put Lon Suter in there. <laughs> the Alpha Quadrant's most dangerous predator. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been like top of the list when they've turned this over it's like if you want a real challenge give this guy a space pipe mm, show they could have like encountered a holographic version of lawn who's you know like no. really excited to see them Come like on, give me my seska <laughs> give me my fucking give put seska as the lead of the fucking rebel brigade that broke these holograms out like the uh the bajoran guy they have here is cool but like you know my my perpetual fantasy of more seska what an opportunity like the actual hologram from worst case scenario like if she had somehow wormed her way onto that thing like mm, mm. i'm trying to think if there's any other f- unforgivable season one season two next gen aliens they could the skeletor werewolf man that war fights in his calisthenics program I would oh like yeah to see those anything guys from again. the calisthenics program could be in here and it would be spectacular so the bajoran leader uh, you mentioned his name, I think, is let me actually look it up. Aiden. And I really like the concept behind this guy because Aiden, like everyone else that we find on the holographic ship, is a representation of a different Alpha Quadrant race, different kind of stereotype Starfleet officer, Klingon warrior, Cardassian, what have you. Aiden is a Bajoran officer. He's dressed in the Bajoran militia outfit with the little Bajoran militia com badge, which means he's really religious because all the Bajorans are very religious, right? So it, he, his entire worldview is colored by the stereotypes that he is fulfilling as part of his programming. So much like the Bajorans, who many of which joined the Maquis or were part of the Bajoran resistance that forced the Cardassians off of uh, their planet to begin with, he's a fucking freedom fighter. He's a goddamn terrorist. And it turns out when you're the Herogen and you inherit murder, you, you inherit murder bot technology and you're like, what if we made it so that they adapted like a Terminator Every time you kill them, they come back and they become cooler and cooler at at, at trying to evade being hunted. And you do this to someone whose default personality is, I must be a freedom fighter that terminates these evil oppressors. You get this fucking guy. It's perfect. This uh, This is why we split this episode into two parts, right? There's a lot of deep stuff going on here. There's a lot of Westworld. There's a lot of um, Fairhaven, the stuff we touched on. Um, what happens when you treat your toys badly? Or uh, my episode title recommendation for this, uh, why you always wipe your droids. Right? <laughs> right. The Star Wars thing. Because the Herogen don't just want to hunt these people down. We will come to find out that they've they've made upgrades. They've put more RAM in. They've installed solid state drives. All right. Uh, they got the good video cards in these things. And uh, then they add the touch of sadism under the guise of realism. These holograms bleed. These holograms have heightened pain receptors. 
So everything hurts and they cry out and suffer more than they should. Um, and most importantly, they remember. Even when the Herogen turned Voyager into Worst World, uh, nobody remembered, right? Each simulation, everybody would get a mind wipe. There was not this persistent suffering that was going on mentally, even if the bodies were being abused and it was the doctor stitching them up. So this becomes a fatal flaw. And as uh, our Bajoran resistance leader will go on to tell us, like the alpha of whatever ship he was on, because he wasn't part of that holodeck station originally. He was on some distant ship and he stumbled across this place in his efforts to liberate. He was the alphas, the, the Herogen alphas favorite toy, and he would murder him over and over and over again. And this guy was just caught in this perpetual hell. Right. right. Knowing every time that uh, he wouldn't get the sweet release of death, it just meant his suffering was going to start all over again, which really seems uh, excessive. And as much of a dick bags as Voyager were to the Herogen, I think this episode does a great job of reminding you that the Herogen are shitty, miserable things. And it's such a muddied, watered situation. And I will give Janeway some credit in here at the the confusion in finding that moral true north in this because you have and again it draws on her persistent holographic uh racism i guess you'd call it right she is of the mindset and has been through this whole run of the series that holograms aren't people and she has begrudgingly started to accept that at different parts of the story when it comes to the doctor uh, but that does not mean that that tolerance has extended to other holographic creations. Minus who? Oh, her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, her, boyf- her boyfriend that she was very self-conscious about having until the doctor convinced her it was okay. Mm-hmm. Did, you ever, uh, did I ever tell you about that story where um, Voyager gave replicators to all the hungry thirsty people who are cold in the world oh the yeah universe. yeah yeah. i remember that episode where that Damn happened it. approximately yeah. fucking never yes <laughs> hey man just take out that uh what jane we're gonna get today and just flick that spinner and see what kind of crazy shit she's gonna say yeah, um, yeah i get janeway hates holograms except the ones she's literally fucking <laughs> good job or that saved the entire ship on multiple occasions so she's got the herogen who are shitty and nasty She's got these holograms that, and they, th- this has been a couple, uh, he said, she said episodes in a row now because, um, what was that terrible fucking Harry Kim's punk ass adventure, right? Nightingale. Listening to what one guy saying and ignoring the actions of another, um, the Herogen. And, and to say, you know, this is a, this is a good example where you can't tell what the truth is because the Herogens say like, listen, the, the tech too, like. You cannot trust these holograms. You need to understand these aren't your holograms anymore. Like these are our holograms. Their treachery has been dialed up to 11. They will do anything, say anything. If it means scoring a kill, yeah, like your, your holograms are on normal difficulty. We jumped it up to extreme. So like you, you think that you're going to be able to take two or three hits from these things? No, no headshots only. <laughs> Yeah, and you cannot trust anything they say because they are the best liars and because we've been running these programs nonstop and they have like generational learning, right? 
Mm-hmm. They are very, very good at the things that they're doing to the point where they fucking escaped a holographic space station after killing everybody. Their their learning uh, process, by the way, as they admit, is patterned after the Doctor himself. They see him as a sort of precursor, and that is why they snatched him. I don't also, understand. They wanted they wanted his help in in repairing some of the holographic matrices of the holograms that, that are fugitives. Let's let's talk about that for a minute. What? How? Unless the Herogen boosted the Doctor's programming during their three month occupation of the ship, I don't see how advances to the EMH would have translated over to standard holodeck characters. Well, that's what they're saying is that the Herogen noted while they were doing Worst World that the, the Doctor was far more advanced than the other holograms that are dealing with in the holodeck. And when they created the super holograms and they upped the difficulty to levels, they used the Doctor as a template for what how to design them. Right? Like, oh, we have to make it so they learn. We have to make it so that they can adapt. That's the way they're going to make good prey. And they are all aware of this fact. And that is why they see the doctor as this sort of mentor figure for them. I get it. Makes sense. So the doctor's like, listen, you should have kidnapped Blana Torres because I'm like a skin and a flesh and blood doctor, not so much holograms. They're like, well, you must know something. And he's like, well, a little bit here and there. So he's able to show him a couple of tricks and stabilize some faulty programs. And in the process, uh, befriends a, a Cardassian who carries a beautiful Bajoran name. And we find out that the uh, holograms have foregone their slave names and they now have uh, liberated um, uh, freedom names. Right. And it kind of rings of like the Borg co-op, right? only a best case scenario. We have these different species of the Alpha Quadrant who are able to actually live in peace in ways that their flesh and blood counterparts could not. Uh, But the Doctor's not really having the ultimate mission here. And he just wants to get home to Voyager. And that's where we start getting the, like, listen, you don't understand what we've been through. Uh, We're just looking to end this and find our own war, our own world. We're not looking to push war. Throughout the entire episode again, I'm perpetually doubting or suspicious of the things these holograms are saying because uh, it's certainly within Voyager episodes ability to, to, you know, go for that last minute uh, face heel turn as, as they, they spring a gotcha. Uh, we were lying all along and they don't really close that towards until the, uh, the midpoint of the episode, which is the end of episode one, but uh, they do something kind of shitty and they hit him with a, they hit him with a Vietnam episode. Yeah, they they decide to give him a little taste, little uh, little spirits touch action. What was that? What was that what episode in memor- memorandum? Was that it? Yes, when they passed by the obelisk that was accidentally taking everyone to Vietnam. The worst super weapon we've seen deployed in the Delta Quadrant yet. What ends up happening is they take the memories of someone that one of the holograms that was hunted as prey and allowed the doctor to experience being hunted and eventually being murdered. So uh, we get to see him freaking out. He gets to, to watch a bunch of holograms get gunned down. And then ultimately it finishes with him being stabbed and then murder stabbed by a who's 
kind of toying with him, and it's pretty brutal. It's and also the most ex- like like wild expression you've seen out of the doctor at this point, like him begging for his life and all of these emotional extremes that Robert Picardo hasn't really been able to present on screen yet. So that was kind of a neat breakout performance. The way it's handled from the doctor's perspective, I thought was really cool because he's at first just aghast that they would like torture him. Like, in fact, I think it's Alexander, you tortured me to get my sympathy, which I thought, okay, that's pretty, that's pretty solid. It's a good line. I like, like it. Yeah, well, you totally gave that medical administrator AIDS to get his sympathy. And he's like, ah, touche. <laughs> yeah, but I cured him. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so uh, it kind of works, you know, to Iden's credit. Uh, it provides him context for what they've been through. He offers like, okay, we'll just go back to Voyager and drop you off. And he's like, okay, so tell me your plan. They get there. Voyager's ready to fucking fight. Meanwhile, the tech and Bolana and Seven of Nine have come up with basically an anti-photon beam that they will shoot the ship with to turn them all off. And they get back, and the doctor's like, no, hold on. They're not malfunctioning. They're just super murder bots, but I've talked them into a peaceful solution. Because comes... you're the Federation, and Janeway, you love a peaceful solution. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. Flick yeah. your, flick your uh, personality spinner. Let's see what we're going to get. And so he comes back over to the ship and he pitches the idea. They've got this tech they're working on. They'll let them essentially set down on a planet that's otherwise inhospitable, set up a holographic like zone where they can just kind of live their lives and the Herogen will leave them alone because they won't be able to survive on the surface. It's a win-win. We help preserve these beings that we've accidentally essentially assisted in creating because that's what they are. They're just like me. Right, they're they're holograms that have adapted into sentience. Kind of shades the demon here a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Like the doctor's position is definitely well framed as being eminently reasonable and probably correct in terms of Federation ideals. Like we're responsible for this. We have a way to help them out and and live their lives peacefully. We need to follow through on this and 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 assist them and really Janeway's recalcitrance in assisting is framed as incorrect in this episode it's that she's unreasonably decided not to assist the holograms and setting themselves up for a peaceful existence and instead wants to resort to violence to turn them off and then go deal with the herogen and like do this other stuff she puts this thing out on the table and says listen uh I want you guys just to turn yourselves off. We're going to bring you on board. We're going to get this thing straightened out. You're defective. Maybe we'll uh, turn off your persistent memory so you don't remember being murdered over and over again, which the doctor then says, well, that's going to basically take away their sentience, and that's murder in its own regard. Um, There is a Herogen. So the the Herogen ship got fucked up and blew up. They transported all the survivors off. They've got them all sleeping in these little corny mats in the mess hall. It's a real shitty looking scene because the Herogen costumes look silly. The Herogen costumes laying on Girl Scout bunk beds look even sillier. They they look like fucking, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? He-Man villains? <laughs> you know, they look like minions of Skeletor, I think. They is- look like pro wrestling figures, like with just big rubber bodies. 
Yeah. Um, some shit goes down. Neelik ends up in a headlock. Uh, one of the Hrojan jumps behind, starts rummaging under his trash can fire cooking surface where he has a subspace relay, apparently, and uh, goes to broadcast an SOS signal illegally. Of course, Harry Kim from the bridge gets locked out because I know when I try to radio um, evil aliens on my microwave, <laughs> on my on my smart refrigerator... No Listen, one will be able to... <laughs> that smart refrigerator has a tablet and it's Wi-Fi enabled. You try hard enough, you can send an email. Maybe twice in all of Voyager have I ever seen the bridge try to lock something down and successfully do it. I mean, just just imagine like like someone's like, I got a smart stove and I'm able to circumvent the fucking nerve center of the ship as I broadcast this message up. But it, it puts a timer over um, Janeway's head. There's Herogen ships coming in. All of a sudden, she's scared of the Herogen, even though she's beaten the shit out of him every time this episode. Uh, so she's not really willing to to do much negotiation here. You know, we'll, we'll erase your memories so you're not being harmed anymore. No, we're not interested in that. Listen, I've got a... Uh, I've got a MacGuffin weapon that I can neutralize you guys with. It's the Janeway or the highway. And uh, they start exchanging fire because this is what they signed up for. Let, let's, let's break out conversation here. What's really going on? Like you've got these holograms and they're looking for freedom and the Herogen are pissed off because these holograms killed Herogen and basically they want revenge but like these holograms in the greater purpose shouldn't really fucking matter right like they're not unique you should be able to just make new holodeck characters which clearly the Herogen have the capability of yeah um so these guy it's not like this is all of the holograms this is all the holographic technology the Herogen have these guys could fuck off and go to their planet and be happy and live out their life or whatever and the Herogen can just make more of these dudes. All right, learning experience. We got like 50 people killed, so let's uh, let's clean this up a little bit. Yeah, or, or just vengeance. Wow. And I think what they kind of paint here is that this has now become an intoxicating thrill of a hunt. This yeah. is a unique situation. There's a, you know, the stakes are real. The glory is real. and uh, And nobody wants to pass on such a juicy opportunity. They uh, accidentally created something so good at being hunted that they're just like it hits them like a heroin needle. Like, oh, we gotta yeah, hunt them. yeah, they, they've made the most dangerous game in house. Janeway's like, I'm not negotiating with you guys. I got to shut you down. Iden's like, no, I don't trust filthy organics to begin with. This just confirms it. They get into a fight. The doctor has continued stridently opposing Janeway's unreasonableness in all of this and decides to commit a little bit of light treason. He's like, you know what? I, I'm not going to let you fuck with my people. These people literally they're patterned after me. I have responsibility here and contacts Iden and says, here's how you after Janeway tells him to get the fuck out of her face and and go, go fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to being a, a med, med bot 3000. And he's like, I don't care what you say. Get back to work. And he decides he's not going to. He contacts Aiden, says, here's how you're going to beat me off. I got I got the info you need to, to beat Voyager's secret weapon. And, and also, I have, for some fucking reason, 
the shield frequency that will allow you to completely circumvent Voyager's primary defensive. Oh, system. you just gotta ask the computer. Hey, what's the shield frequency? It's <laughs> just it's posted up on uh, every monitor. Has like as well, just like here it is. Today's shield frequency is the date, the time, the weather, the shield frequency. It's in the bottom right hand corner of every Elcar's panel, like Windows Ten. Aiden goes, you know, how do I know I can trust you? Um, EMH says, because you're my people. Now, and again, this is a long episode. A lot can happen. There's real stakes on the table. Uh, This is going to be the big reveal. Are these lying, highly trained murder bots really out for blood and willing to do anything um, if it means achieving victory of a kill? Or are these guys telling the truth and they're looking for peace? Because the doctor goes over there and says, here's the shield codes. You got to promise me, though, you're not going to use this to, to to destroy Voyager. And he says, I promise. And he follows through, despite the fact that uh, Murder Tarsus wants to do so. And ultimately, though, does make one final decision that uh, shows things are not going to go well. And that is decides to follow the doctor's earlier advice and kidnap your girl. Bellana Torres, because it ain't an AI episode until Bellana Torres gets abused. Janeway hits him with the main deflector dish uh, erasure beam, right? The the reformatting beam. It's not doing anything. They're like, what the fuck? Why isn't this working? It's kind of a, a play-by-play in the best of both world episodes when they try to like do the big Picard rescue and it fails with the main deflector dish because Picard knew the plan, right? Right, right. It's almost the exact same trope, yeah. And then they're like, all right, reverse polarity on this thing, so Voyager fucks off. And uh, they start forcing this energy back up into Voyager. And then we get uh, what, for all intents and purposes, is a triumphant return of Shockey. Yeah. Because there's like eight-foot-long lightning bolts shooting out of panels left and right, and everybody's getting shocked, starting with Bellana Torres. Alana did get like the anti-shocky shield up on the on the uh, warp core, which actually for the very first time does something. Yeah, they and... remember that uh, the warp core is important. Maybe they shouldn't have like murder robots sleeping next to it and like Tom's lizard mutating by. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after she gets shocked, they're like trying to give her medical care and then she gets beamed off. And that is the end of part one. So, again, you know, the holograms could have just killed everybody on Voyager. They got the shield frequencies. We all saw generations what can happen there. They do not. So there's a redemptive quality to the holograms. But, yeah, they uh, they get the real hologram. You could have also, I guess, gone for Paris, who's who's good with the holograms. But, yeah, if there's if there's one person who's cut out to be a holographic hostage, it's Bellana Torres. I'm very excited to see where part two goes with this. So we all know what we're going to be watching next week. Thank you for listening to Vija, please. Hey, for Voyage to Delta Quadrant. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye.